leads in quite well to <coughs> this morning's um, message um, about declaring how we declare, use whatever words you want to, how do I declare Jesus in my life or in my week? What do I, how is that seen? How is that evident in my heart as well? Um, but before we get into that, I just want to bring a couple of announcements to you. First of all, if you're unaware, our loser to my left, your right, over here, is the first one. That one's a very important one. We need to know that one. The second one is a, an update from Carl and Donna, um, um, who, if you're unaware, um, uh, are a part of our church family. They're missionaries in Cambodia. They were here with YWAM. Um, quite a while and then um, they moved out into Cambodia and it was a real struggle for them into Cambodia, into the work and the ministry there and eventually that they, they got settled and found their, their way and were making a, a real difference. And then um, just recently Carl and Donna headed back to Canada on furlough to raise some further support for the ministry in Cambodia with the full intention to head back to Cambodia. And they've been waylaid because of family reasons in Canada. And so their missionary journey has stopped for now, but they still see themselves as missionaries, and so do I. Yeah. And so just to let you know that, if you have been supporting them and so on, Carl is looking for work in Canada at the moment, and they're not too sure how, they might, how long they might be in Canada for, it will probably be at least a year, um, but it's important that you're, you are aware of that if, um, if you've been making a contribution and supporting them in that. So when I spoke to Carl and Donna a, a few weeks ago, they were, were a little bit dis distraught that their missionary, they felt that their missionary journey had ended. And I said, well, depends how you see it. Do you see yourselves still as missionaries? And they, you know, there were tears in that. Yeah, we absolutely do. We're, we're there. We have a, that. They, they were quite emotional about um, not wanting to let the Cambodian people down, um, and but they had to stay in Canada for a period of time. So that was good news to, to them, just to be reminded. Well, yeah, actually, we we've just had to pause on that, but we still do our see ourselves, our ministry in Cambodia. We feel called to that, but it, could you just let the church family know what's what's going on for us? All right. So just uh, that's a bit of an update for Carl and Donna. Um, uh, if you wanted to get in touch with, with them, you can probably find them on Facebook or Messenger, or let me know, and um, we'll be talking to them every month anyway as well. All right, first one. Next one is um, we have an AGM coming up. Now, annual general meeting. Um, important for us to, to do. That's probably at the end of November. I'm just wanting you to know since we're moving into November now. So reports will be out shortly. We'll be giving you an update on church property and what's happening with, with stockies and what a little bit of next year is looking like because we put some plans in place already for, for that, all right? So that'll probably be the end of no November. We just need to make sure that we've got all the reports and then we'll, we'll let you know um, 
in a couple of weeks, all right, exactly what's happening. Uh, you don't have to pay. That was me just having a bit of a joke. But you can if you want. You know, tickets are available. I'll take your money for sure, you know. How much should we charge for an AGM? That would be interesting, wouldn't it, you know? Well, normally, you know, it'd be $20 a ticket, but with inflation these days, it's probably 50 you know? Mm. All right. Uh, next one. Um, on Friday, 1st of de December, uh, the Bye Bye Community Carols, this is just for you, you're aware of it, is happening here. Uh, we'd love you to come along and be a part of all of that. There's heaps of stuff going on. Um, I'm helping to make that happen, um, but it'll be a great time, all right? So 1st of de December, really on stage, starts at uh, about 6 o'clock and runs to just after 7 all right, um, fireworks, probably 7.15, 7.30, just depending upon how we go with, with time. Uh, but that'll be happening before we know it. So there's food available here and um, face painting, if you're into face painting, um, or um, other things. Lobachock's happening, for those of you who know what, what that is. Um, it'll, be, it'll be good anyway. Okay, is that it, Chris? Yep, okay, this is where we are today. Let's, yeah, oh, Arthur, thank you. Arthur's got an announcement. Thanks, Arthur. Otherwise, we've forgotten. Do you want Justin's? Yeah, thanks, Pastor Tony. Um, just a reminder, most of you know that I'm involved with care outreach, and uh, Thursday week I actually head out. So you'll have one more week uh, with a box at the door if you have anything that you'd like to donate. Thank you so much to those people that have already put in some wonderful stuff. That's already gone up and working, being worked out. Um, just talking to, to one of our, our folk uh, just this week, um, the, the husband was out working on, the, working on his farm with his um, tractor with a bit of a grader blade on it, trying to improve the, uh, the water storage, of which they've got very little and the uh, tractor actually rolled over on top of him. Uh, first of all, he just thought he had a broken leg. So they've got that sorted, but I just found out from his uh, dear wife on Friday that he's going into the Marta Hospital for, for uh, spinal surgery tomorrow. So he's done some pretty serious damage. So They're all a bit desperate out there at the moment, and particularly just south of our area is Tara, where they've had all the flyers. I'm not sure if we're going down there or not this time. We have been down there in the past, but um, not quite sure whether that's on our list this time or not. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'd appreciate if you just keep, keep our farmers. They do an incredible job. Um, and amazing what some of them actually live in. Uh, so if you just keep them in your prayers. And as I say, the box will be back next week if you've uh, got any last-minute gifts. And actually, that, that bloke, Carl, that was up there, he's the one responsible for getting me into it. He, he went out a couple of years ago, and then he conned me into... Well, he, uh, <laughs> he asked me if I'd like to join him in a trip, and uh, then he left me, didn't he? He, he, he got to Cambodia, so I had to find another mate, which I've got from another church. So, good delegation. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good job. So thanks, thanks very much for your support, and thanks, Pastor yeah. Tony. No worries at all, mate. So, Arthur, when are you heading out? Thursday week. Thursday week. Yes, and what type of donations are you looking for again? 
Uh, well, they're looking for any uh, non-perishable groceries. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, canned food, uh, rice, pasta, that sort of stuff. So they're also looking for yep. male or female toiletries. Okay. And gifts for boys or girls from about nine to about 14 or 15. Okay, so across the board, yeah. all sorts of areas. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Okay, thanks, thanks very much, folks. God bless. Thanks, sir. Let's pray. Father God, we um, thank you for this time, this day, and for your word, for how it continues just to speak to us, inspire us, challenge us, rebuke us, correct us, and help us to continue just to be reminded of the path that we have chosen in Jesus. And so we would just pray as we come to your word, Lord, that you would Open up our hearts and minds to receive from you whatever that might be this morning, God. Whatever you might need, whatever it might be that the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. Perhaps that's already taken place. Perhaps there's still yet more to come. So, Lord, we do that now. We open up our hearts and minds to you now. In Jesus' name, amen wanted to uh, begin just a, a short little series on um, the good news gospel as we're leading into Christmas. It's been highlighted that um, uh, for those who are a bit agnostic towards spirituality or Christianity, that um, the two times that they may consider knocking on a church's door are Easter and Christmas time. And so there'll be people perhaps around you or in your workplace or down in the grocery store or wherever you might find yourself who, whereas normally throughout the year they may not, may not be inquiring about spirituality or church life, but in these two opportunities of Easter and Christmas are quite important. And that's where they often will begin to, or a little bit more open towards what it means to you and opportunities to perhaps invite along the way. This past week, I was um, down in Blah Blah Village and I rocked on into Ray White uh, Real Estate because they're one of our sponsors for the uh, carols. And I know Ed and Natasha pretty well. We've had them here at church before many years ago. Remember that? Um, I think Ed was doing push-ups here, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> had to get him back to do that. Um, he used to lose a few kilos. Um, and uh, Cameron, um, uh, Ed and Natasha's son, Cameron Hackenberg, because Cameron's working for Ray White as well now. And I'm in there and uh, just wanted to update and find out how they were going. And um, they're taking care of all the Santa stuff at the uh, community carols. And while I was there, um, a woman came down the steps. There was nobody at the uh, front counter, and she came down quite slowly. And she was the, the woman on the desk, and, and uh, she said, oh, I'm really sorry. Um, it's taken me a long time to, to come down because I've got a sore, sore back. I haven't been really well, and I really apologize for that. I said, that's, that's okay, no worries. And um, Cameron Hackenberg came on down as well because he heard my voice. I speak quite quite quietly when I'm in those types of places, and um, and Cameron's there, and we're having a bit of of a chat, and she's re uh, remaining there, and so on, and at one point, I just turned and I said, "Would you like me to pray for you?" 
right there in the middle of the Ray White office with Cameron Hackenberg sitting there and the other staff up there watching via camera, <laughs> all upstairs. And she said, sure. And so before I know it, I am praying, laying hands upon her, upon her, her back, her lower back, and praying in the name of Jesus a prayer for healing, for inflammation to go, for blood to flow by the power and authority in the name of Jesus. What do you reckon Cameron Hackenberg did at that point? He was gone. He was up the steps and gone. The woman was very thankful for the prayer. And I didn't realise it because I've been talking to God about this for probably the last six months to tell you the, the truth about a boldness to go the next step and to pray for people who I don't know. And there's an opportunity there. And perhaps you could say, well, there's a bit of a window, a doorway for me because I knew something of Ray White or of the, the Hackenbergs. Or whatever. Well, I'm building relationships. Hmm? And we all do that. But people are looking for prayer. But the interesting thing was, once I'd said that, I thought, oh, okay, I hope I haven't upset the apple cart here. Isn't that interesting how we end up thinking that? Oh, oh, uh, oh, I, I, what are they going to think of me now? They're going to kick me out of the door? Uh, I, I, I don't know. And while Cameron thought, I don't want anything to do with that, because I've come across Cameron before and we've, we've spoken about it or whatever, um, everybody has some doctrine or view or or way in which they live out their lives because they think it's important to them. And it's interesting that I think that here in this situation, I felt vulnerable about doing something about sharing something of the good news that I believe in. Isn't that interesting? Because the world has its various views about what is good news. How to make a buck. How to raise my empire. Materialism. Sex. About accumulating things. Um, gluttony, a huge thing. These are you know, all different things in, our, in, in people's lives. Who It's the central focus. This is good news for me. Sometimes it feels immoral to preach the gospel or to speak the gospel or the good news into people's lives because we're afraid of what they're going to think or what they're going to, to say. There's this, as I just mentioned before, there's a, we live in a pluralistic culture that even though while it says, oh, we, are, uh, we tolerate anybody from any walk of life or whatever your preference is and so on and so on, when we come to the Christian gospel, it's, well, hang on a minute, I don't know about how much I'm going to tolerate with that. We see it often. But people want to hear about materialism, science, careerism, pleasure. And it's all being, in one form or another, being shoved down our throats. Turn on the telly. See it around us. You can get fruit mince pies now in September. 
Hot cross buns in January. You know? Here, just have more. You want it? Have it. It's there for you. Supply and demand. And all these types of things end up being shoved down our throat. But for some reason, the whole idea of the gospel of Jesus, the good news, somehow or other isn't seen that way, we're told. And this is the challenge for us, for those of us who hold on to the gospel of Jesus as the good news. How can I, in word and deed, proclaim it? What is your gospel or your story of good news? How has Jesus brought about an impact into your life? What's your story? Because this time of the year, people are open to it more often than in other times. When we come across the symbolism that's around us everywhere about Christmas, to find just a little opportunity to talk about, and just think about it, what would you say in one minute or two minutes about what the good news is for you in Jesus? How would you articulate that? What would you say? This is, let me tell you about the difference that Jesus has made in my life, the good news. Because I tell you what, when there's a new TV series or a new season of a TV series that's happening and it's come on out, I am keen to tell somebody, hey, guess what? Guess what? Um, I think Danielle found out the, um, yesterday that there's a new movie coming out, which is a Lord of the Rings prequel. Huh? Oh, we get excited about that. Oh, we might, yeah, how about that? Hey, let's tell, start telling everybody. I just told the entire church because I think it's great. Isn't it interesting how we grab onto things that we want to talk about as, well, it, this is good news, I'm, I'm keen to tell you, but when it comes about the thing with lies within, with deep, we feel the pressure of the outside world pushing in on us. And so I want to encourage you over the next couple of months, first of all, what would you say? is the good news of Jesus into your life. Within a minute or two, the good news of Jesus, the gospel. Because each of the gospel writers really begin, and you can find it perhaps in, in some versions of, of, of your Bibles, but it's the gospel according to, it's the good news according to Matthew. It's the good news according to Mark to Luke, to John. Good news. Jesus, in Matthew 23, struggled with the Pharisees a little bit. And in Matthew 23, there are seven woes to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. Seven woes, it's pretty heavy. And at one point he says this in verses, um, where are we here? Matthew 23, verses 13 to 18. 
focusing on verse 15. There it is. It says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. You go out of your way. You're willing to travel in all sorts of of places to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools. He's pretty heavy here, isn't he? Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? He says, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Ouch. It's picking up on the way in which he's saying, you know, you're willing to, to go out of your way for other people to try and win a convert, but look at the impact it's having upon them. You're shackling them. And it's almost like Jesus saying, hey, that isn't good news at all. You think you're doing well, but the impact you're having is horrible. And so Jesus comes to talk about good news. Interestingly enough, Good news is also associated with the word euangelion or evangelism because it's about telling somebody something that's great, that's wonderful. And in 44 BC, Julius Caesar, when he was assassinated by Brutus, eventually, as the story goes on, Octavian becomes the Caesar or um, Augustus. And one of the things was that, that Octavian brought was peace and security to the Roman Empire because at the time of, of Julius and you've got Antony and so on, they're all just killing one another, taking everybody out. And eventually, peace, a new kingdom perhaps, is born in Octavian. And he would then get bearers to go on out and say, be a royal type of an announcement. The time has come. There is good news. Peace and prosperity has been brought to the Roman Empire. The kingdom has been restored. And it's interesting that when we look at Jesus in Mark chapter 1, we see this. And after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. There's something new, something fresh coming. The time has come. The kingdom of God. And so in comparison to Octavian saying, hey, the time's come, there's something new and fresh that's, that's happened, the, the kingdom has been restored, Jesus comes in and says the time has come and there is a new kingdom, much greater kingdom, the kingdom of God. 
It's arrived. It's available. Repent and believe the good news. And Mark is picking up, really, as the other gospel writers are, are highlighting too. Um, he's saying there's a new covenant, a new order, a new way to live. There's something good about it. Kingdom of God has arrived. It just seems, though, that much of the world hasn't found it yet. Jesus started it. Much is still yet to come. And so I want you just to reflect upon for yourself, because we so often forget about it. What is this good news? The time has come. The kingdom of God is here. And more is yet to come. What is that for you in your life? Because for Jesus, it was where the last are first and the first are last. When the rich care for the poor. Where the powerful serve the weak. Where the lonely become part of a family. Where the demonized are set free. where tax collectors are invited to an open table, people we prefer not to have at our table are invited by Jesus, where the leper is embraced, where love is the ultimate value and the most important reality in our lives. And there is a broken world all around us who says, I prefer my gospel, thanks very much, to yours. But I'm finding there's an openness as well. People are searching. People are questioning the state of the world and the state of life and the difficulty and the hardship that they're experiencing. In light of all of that, of what goes on, how does Jesus make a difference in all of that for you? Because that's what people are searching for. I'm not saying, oh, it's, you know, you live a completely different life. No, it's all impacted upon me as, as, as well. How does Jesus impact all of that for me and you? In Luke 4... I want to finish with these just a couple of reflections. In Luke 4, 38 through to 44, it reads, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. And now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. And so he bent her over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up once and began to wait on them. And at sunset, the people brought to Jesus, all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must 
not, it's my job or something else. I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. We all have good news, whether it's of a worldly nature, the latest TV season, TV show, or whether it's Jesus himself. And we all have kingdoms. Could be a kingdom of fashion, could be a kingdom of mobile phones, could be a kingdom of accumulation. You know what? Today, depending upon the type of phone that you have, somehow or other, it tells you something about a person. It's really weird, isn't it? The type of phone. Now, our more senior people in, in, in church might not understand what we're talking about, but for us younger people, it does, doesn't it? What type of phone have you got? Are you, you know, one of those galaxy people? Marty is. <laughs> you know? Are you an iPhone person? Because iPhone, it's a crazy world that we live in, hey? And, and, and if it's too old, like an iPhone 7 or something or other, please, you know? Isn't it a crazy world? And so now, somehow or other, part of my identity or part of almost like um, my kingdom is the type of phone that I'm carrying around with me at the moment. Now, for those of you who haven't, what's the latest iPhone? Somebody tell me. iPhone what? What is it? 15? I don't blunders have one. Um, <laughs> no, no. All right. um, if you've got one, that's, that's okay. But isn't it? I'm just highlighting the point of how crazy our world is getting. Right? Status symbol of the type of phone that I pull out and that I use. We've got much greater and deeper and better good news living within us because his name is Jesus. And people are desperate to hear that. Desperate? Perhaps not desperate. Seeking? Yes, absolutely. But what is your kingdom built on? Because we all have them in different ways. And Jesus is always constantly, as we've been talking about in previous months, calling us into a place to allow him to have his way in our kingdoms in our life. The challenge to arrange our home that reflects what's important to us. Character, schedule, things that we hold dear, our kingdoms. And so I can encourage you as we just close that in light of the good news that Jesus brings into our life, what does that look like for you in real terms? And over the next couple of months, are you willing to pray and ask God, hey Lord, here I am, use me. In one sentence, one sentence in one minute, 
what would that good news be? How would you convey that to the people around you? Let me tell you the difference that Jesus makes in my life. The gospel according to you. You. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you and uh, thank you that in one way, in somehow, in some form, you called us. Somebody invited you into something. You found your way, whether it be into church, study group, around a, a dining table, food, whatever it is, hearing about Jesus and choosing, believing in his story. And so we would pray, God, that as we contemplate the good news according to, you put your name in there, pray there might be opportunities over these next couple of months to invite those into hearing the good news of your story. We pray for boldness, Lord, if that's what is what is needed. Pray for opportunity. We pray for gentleness as well, Lord. But to speak the name of Jesus, to speak the name of Jesus, the good news that the kingdom has come. For we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.